FBC Online, a ministry of Old Paths Baptist Church in Northfield, Minnesota. And we are live again, 2 p.m. Central Time, Wednesday. And uh, boy, do we have some things to bring you today. Uh, let's see here. I want to remind you of this quickly. I got some guy get really mad at me for... Uh, I think it was a guy. It could have been a woman. I don't know. I tend to make women very angry with me at times. Um, they, uh, they love to oppose my ministry. They love to oppose what I do and they like to be very vocal about it. So when they're very vocal about it, well, I'm very vocal about it. I don't go out and look for them. They just kind of find me along the way and they just kind of come looking for me and then and then they go full beast mode on me and uh and uh that's just the way it is so i tend to they get mad at me well anyway this person whoever it was jumped on my video and got mad because i was telling you guys about our upcoming trip and how you can give to that trip. And that person said, well, you're just begging for money and doing this. And, and you're you're like a, a hireling. I was like, well, let's analyze that for a second. Number one, when have I ever not given people truth because of not receiving money? <laughs> when have I ever when have I ever forced people to give me anything? I've never forced anybody. I've never strong armed anybody. In my ministry, I we don't even if you come to Old Paths Baptist Church, we don't pass around an offering plate. There's a box in the back with a slot in it. And you could stick your offering in there if you'd like. If you don't give anything at all, that's between you and the Lord. As members of Old Paths Baptist Church, I mean our church, our church family, I think it's funny. I don't even have little kids walk around with offering plates and give you really endearing looks like, you loser, why didn't you put any money in the offering plate? I just stick the box in the back. I've always done that. I've always just stuck the box in the back and let people give when they want to or when the Lord leads them to. Should they be faithful and give? Yeah. Nobody ought to have to stand over you and peek at you and look at you for you to give money to the Lord's work. You ought to do it because you love God. Fact, I've told people why I if they had a bad attitude about it, you know what I've told them? I don't think you should give anything at all. I if you're going to get angry about it or if you're upset about it or if you got a bad attitude about it, God loves a cheerful giver. Man, if that ain't you, I promise you before God right now. God Almighty will use somebody else to do it. And he always has. That's why I don't have a 501c3. I'm not a, I'm not a president of a corporation. Not a nonprofit organization. Don't have a, a, a tax identification number for it. I don't have any of those things. I turn in some of my gifts on taxes just so I just so I have something to claim because if I didn't I wouldn't have anything to claim at all because legally I don't have to claim anything. 
So anyway, my point with all that is this, is that you should never come on here and be like, well, pastor mentioned this, so I feel obligated. Don't feel obligated. Feel blessed. If you think you're obligated or I'm trying to strong arm you or something like that, you got the wrong, you got the wrong idea and you got the wrong guy, friend. You really do. Cause that, that ain't me. I know, I know how God provides for me and it's absolutely, it would shock you. It would absolutely shock you how God does it and who God uses all over the world crazy situations, everything else. And I want you to keep in mind something too. Okay, just so just so you that are out there. And I'm I know I don't have to say this to those that love this ministry. <laughs> but the person was like, "Look, everybody else pays for their own vacation. Why do you, why do you want somebody to pay for yours? Well, first of all, this ain't no vacation. Because if it's a vacation, my wife would be coming with me. I wouldn't be taking Andrew with me, okay? I ain't going to be cruising down the road looking longfully in Andrew's eyes, okay? <laughs> I love Brother Andrew, and I, and, and, and I need another man to go with me. That's why I'm going, right, the way that we're doing. But that... <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> if it's a vacation, I'd be taking my wife with me, okay? Let's just get that straight right now. I'm grateful that God's allowing me to do <laughs> to do this. And I'm grateful Brother Andrew is able to go and the Lord worked it out. But Does not travel well without wife, okay? I, I really don't. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm thanking God for it. And I'm going to go be used of God. And I know God's going to do some things with it. I already know that. But I, it's not, it, it ain't, I mean, it's going to be two weeks of straight huffing it. And I don't think that little, that little dude, chick, whatever it was that said what they said to me could even handle that kind of a trip. Because you're moving. You ain't sitting. You ain't sipping tea and crumpets. Well, you are, but not for very long. You're moving. <laughs> so anyway, um, when I come back, I'll take my wife on vacation, and I won't ask you to give anything towards that, like I've never asked anybody to give towards any of the vacations I've ever taken my family on. And I've taken my family on a vacation every year. Amen. So anyway, that's just the 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 point is is that I that's right, Becca. Dave knows full well I don't travel well without my wife. So anyway, that's the reason I'm saying that is that that's a, just a joke and it's an attack and I get it. I, I know it, it's an attack, but I've never asked anybody to give me anything for any vacation. I haven't. God, I asked him to. I've asked people to pray for me. That's right, Brother Carl. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, but I am looking forward to meeting God's people out there. I'm not begrudging that. So I, I am rejoicing in that. But it is the ministry. It is a, it is a labor of love, but it is the ministry. And I am excited about doing that. So, and by the way, thank you for those that have given. And thank you for those that are praying. Some of you may not be able to give. Don't feel bad about it. I trust that you'll be praying for us the entire time. But for you that were able, praise the Lord for that. Thank you. God bless you, and I appreciate it. I'm, I'm thankful. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to those that are praying for me. It means a lot to me. For you just to let me know that I'm praying for your trip. I'm praying for, for this. I'm praying for what the Lord has, has you doing. And people sending me messages, uh, text messages, and encouraging me that God is using me, and that, and that, that I appreciate that. Thank you. I really do. It's a blessing. You keep praying for our paperwork and 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 everything else to come back. Uh and uh cuz we're waiting on that. We've it's only been 3 weeks so we got some it's it's early yet, but it'll be here soon, I'm sure. Next couple weeks here and uh, get that all tied up. We are ordering the last of the flights. Uh we got a couple more to order and then the rest of the Airbnb fees will be charge so you pray about that as well this is how you can give paypal salvationpreacher at gmail.com cash app apple pay hey even coinbase if you got cryptocurrency uh and you want to give towards the the uh the trip through that i've had some people do that for me uh and for the ministry i appreciate it and uh they've done that and it's it's been used uh cashed out and used for the work uh, of the Lord, and I appreciate that. So, and yes, pray for Mary's visa. And uh, pray for Carl to be able to get a haircut. I'm taking up a special offering for that. Uh, so Carl can get a haircut. Andrew knows how to cut hair. If there are dog clippers anywhere around, I will shave. I will actually, I'll hold Carl down with one finger. That's all it'll take. Um, and... Um, all that. Do you have to get the jab to travel there? No, I do not. Proverbs thirty-one thirty, because I would not get it. The Lord, ha- the Lord has opened a door that I don't have to, and praise the Lord for that. So we are rejoicing. God has opened that door that we can get through it. And we're rejoicing for that, that God has allowed that to happen. So anyway, you pray about that, okay? Uh, Here's all those ways that you can do that. All right? And uh, sermon audio is probably the quickest way. If you went over there, clicked on sermon audio, clicked on here. And clicked on the give button there. You can do it through there. Just like that. I got to change this old, the, the way they have it under Old Paths Baptist Church. It's not typically, there is no such thing. There's no, there is no Old Paths Baptist Church. It just comes to Jason Cooley because that's the way it's supposed to because we're on a corporation. But anyway, either way, uh, I'll change that on there. But so that's how you know. 
If you haven't listened to Monday's broadcast, you should do that. That one made lots of friends, influenced lots of people, and everyone told me how good that Chucky Smith was and, uh, you know, he took on the world's methods to rock out and to rock out the church and and Greg Laurie and all those other dudes, and they, they did all their rocking out uh, and Hollywood Jesus and everything else, but now they're all good guys. So... Um, We are going to, we're going to really show the CCM gateway drug. CCM is the gateway drug to the charismatic counterfeit Christ. Lots of people praise old Chuck Smith. They think he's a great feller, that he was just a great guy. So... As you know, I'm always the poop in the punch bowl and uh, ruin everybody's fun. I want to show you something, though. I'm not the original poop in the punch bowl, all right? I want to show you something that I found that is really cool. Teresa said, Pastor Cooley, I have a confession to make. I got the vaccine. Would you judge me? I got it in 2021. Nope. Got nothing to judge you about. That's between you and the Lord, not me. All right? I want to show you something, though. Are you ready? This is going to be cool. I like this. Now, I understand that David Wilkerson was a old school, old line Pentecostal. And him and I wouldn't agree on some things. But on this, we agreed 100%. I want you to hear this. Because this is what I would have told those hippies back then. Exactly. Wait till you see this gem. Are you ready, kids? Let's roll. You know, my idea of preaching Christ is to go out in the world and tell young people they can be cured of their habits, they can be set free. But from what I've hear, heard here, you fellows seem to be telling these young people that they can have Christ and still have their LSD, have their pot. And uh, David, another, just get you rid just of your hang up. been listening. You haven't been listening. Telling. You haven't been yeah, listening. What, what Christ I heard you say uh, plot is groovy. No, I, I heard you say plot well, is listen, groovy. What Christ told us to go out and preach was the hope of eternal life and Boy, the hope yeah, of I salvation. Thought. He, didn't, he says in, in the Word of God that bodily attainments will avail you little, but godliness is good in this life and hereafter. And don't don't you preach do Christ? Don't you preach Christ can heal and change your life right. and, and sure heal can. your problems? Sure, sure can. Sure, sure can. But but are you preaching that to young people? Has he you? Yes, he's cured me. I, I haven't had to take LSD to find God. Well, I wonder. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> That's exactly what I would have said to them. I would have had to take LSD to find God. You bunch of druggies. 
wondering, Dave, which is more important? Or are there any degrees in sin? No, but see, you gentlemen, honestly, you've now, told, now you said, Lord you said we to, have to be honest. The Lord tells us yeah, to sell all right. of our possessions and Would follow you him. That? Yeah, but no, doesn't, no, he, doesn't the Lord ask us to do that? Honestly, though, what, what, what about... What was that word in your mouth, man? Honestly? Yes, honestly. What was that word in your mouth, man? What was that word, man? Do you see? So here's the... Here's the hippie people. Here's the Jesus people. And here's David Wilkerson, a street preacher, going out there and preaching to these hippies. I hey, want you listen, to tell me honestly. You know, you know what this guy told us? He told us that this wasn't rigged, that he was going to give us a straight interview of some kind. This is not rigged. I'm trying to be honest with you right now. He deliberately loaded his questions to stimulate a reaction from us instead of ask us what we think. Uh, what we think is that everybody, everybody should accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and right. be Amen. saved. Right. And then quit their habits, Jesus quit their LSD. We're not going but to say But you that, fellas, the Lord say that. you hey, fellas told me you went out and took Did you LSD hear what he said? Did you hear what the Jesus people guy said? We're not going to tell them that, man. We're not going to tell them that, man, to quit their LSD. Jesus doesn't say that, man. Revelation. Now, I'm getting a little angry because I can I go out in the street preaching that Christ delivers, and you guys are out here preaching can you, that you can, can you? smoke pot, you can take LSD, and I think that's a permissive can you, statement that's right, going to damn right. the lives of uh, thousands of our teenagers. I hope, I hope all of you have noticed that I talk about God and this gentleman talks about drugs. You're talking about using them. I'm talking about no, being cured talking from about, them. We're talking about, we're trying to talk religion and you're, we have, we You have, gentlemen preach Christ and still smoke pot. Now wait a minute, Dave. Now, we've, we've you preach Christ and still sin. You preach Christ. You're no. talking. Now wait a minute, man. Wait a minute, man. You got, you guys, you hear it? You hear how they're talking? They're so high. They are so absolutely high. This is the charismatic counterfeit Christ, the one that the Jesus people are preaching. This is the CCM Christ. David Wilkerson is telling them the truth. This is the counterfeit Christ that they're preaching. And that's why David Wilkerson is getting angry. And he has a right to be angry. Talking about using them. I'm talking about no, being talking cured about, from them. We're talking about, we're trying to talk religion. And you're, we have, we you have, gentlemen preach Christ and still smoke pot. Now, wait a minute, Dave. Now, we've, we've you had, preach Christ and still sin. You preach Christ and still judge. I'm not judging you. Judge not lest you be judged. I'm not judging you. I'm angry that you can (laughs) preach Christ. Hey, hey, man. The Lord said, judge not lest you be judged, man. Wait, where'd you get that verse? I like what Paul Washer says. Twist not scripture lest you be like Satan. Hey, man. Judge not, man, lest you be judged. Come on, man. This is another Christ. This is the Christ of CCM. This is the Christ of the charismatic movement. This is the church of Antichrist. That's who they are. They are the foundation of the charismatic movement today, man. That's who they are, man.
They're the fathers, man, of the charismatic movement, man. And hey, guess what, man? Somebody told me, you're just not. You're just not very nice, man. He told me, hey, man, you need to go to the Greek, man. Because in the Greek, it tells you to be nice to people. And you're just too sharp, preacher. Hey, preacher, you're just too sharp, man. You gotta just chill out, man. Right? Literally, there's a comment on my last video because I'm sharp. I know I am. I want to show you something. And it's not the Greek. Hey, it's in the English. Let me show it to you. You ready? Here we go. Titus 1. 110, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped to subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Hey, man. All right, back to David Wilkerson, the street preacher. Here he goes. Still smoke pot and tell these kids and hate Ashbury. Oh, I, 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 I can say I'm angry. You Wait said it was grooming. Do you sin, yes or I no? I can say I'm angry. You, you copped out yesterday, man. Do you sin, yes or you're no? You're the one that's copping out. You're yes or no. You're smoking yes pot. Or no. No. I want you to ask. Yes I want yes you, no. Don't cop out on me. I want you yes to answer this no, question. Man. Are you preaching Christ you and sin? still telling these I'm kids preaching that they can Christ crucified, my Lord and Savior. What do you preach? I preach that when he was crucified, his blood cleanses from all unrighteousness How and all the that? power of sin. How about hey, Amen! Well, don't you? Yeah. Yes. Well, why he can, can free you, us from all. Why do you still tell these but kids you, that they can be hung up on their... We don't. You know, just get we don't. You do. No, no, no. Complete you say we say that. We don't say I that. Didn't, I didn't say that. I we didn't, didn't say, that. say that. I didn't say that. He well, said it. Well, your ministry here proves it. it our ministry here proves that we are ministers. I think that's all. <laughs> I think that's all, yeah, man. Know. Hey, man. Our ministry proves that we're ministers, man. I think that's all, man. That's what it proves, man. If anybody really thinks that these guys aren't stoned out of their gourd, then you've never been around high people in your life. Say that I'm still Cut. angry. I'm still angry because... You have nice clothes. I know, but it's still, see, it, it's just uh, nice to me from what I've overheard here that, that uh, like, like Steve mentioned, and, and still trying to be objective about it, how, how you can still smoke pot or take LSD and still preach how a sanctified can, how, can you own a how can you own a Cadillac and a lot of nice clothes? I want to answer that, honestly. You want to judge one another? I want to know, honestly. I prayed about it. And I'm angry in my heart how you guys can. Through the grace of God, he seems to like sinners. 
But how I don't could, know how why could God he tell us, you that man. you could how could God tell you that you could smoke a what stick of pot? God, man. Well you're not God. I'm not God. I don't know. I don't that. believe God tells anybody to smoke a stick of pot. I don't believe he tells anybody to do that. Well you told me you to God I, told you I, could I smoke a stick okay. of pot. I prayed, I prayed about it, and I didn't he didn't tell me to do it. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, I prayed about it. He didn't tell me to do it, but he didn't tell me I couldn't do it, man. So I just did it, man. Come on. This sounds like Carl. This this conversation sounds like me trying to talk to Carl and Peter and uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Brandon. The no uh, with the no-eyed laws. That's what it sounds like. Does God tell you it's okay to wear those fine clothes? Does God tell you it's okay? Hey, does God tell you it's okay, man, that you're not dressed like a slob, huh? <laughs> Come on, man. What's the matter with you, man? I'm asking you how you can I'm preach asking Christ. You. I'm asking you. How can you preach Christ to wear those clothes? In the word of God, not the So let me get this straight. So, so hey, man. I mean, how can you, man, preach Christ and wear those clothes, man? Don't you know that's the same thing as hitting like four hits of acid, man, and tripping so hard that you see pink elephants and red roosters in the air and... And man, you see like clouds and stuff like coming alive and talking to you. Yeah, man, come on. Don't you? Don't you know that wearing dress clothes is like get hitting acid, man? It's like straight up dosing. I, I just can't believe anybody believes this. But listen, here I... I think the Lord found, I know the Lord did. God made me find this video today. It just like popped into my lap. It did. It just popped into my lap. And because this is so, because they're, thank God there were preachers that stood up to this garbage and told them flat out that what they were doing was not of God. And there was no power in that ministry. Dissension, but it also, he says, expose, expose those who are not preaching Christ. Right. Hey, let's listen. We were tricked and duped. I'm not tricking anybody. Just, uh, it's getting to me now how these guys are going to preach Christ. See that? That's the dust off my shoes. Well, that's not love, sir. How can you preach love and then dust your feet off on me? How can you not Because hear? I love Jesus how Christ. I preach Christ. Hear? Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes, he is. Not, every, not everyone is. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. You gentlemen say, Lord, Lord, and you cannot enter the kingdom of God and still smoke pot and take LSD. You can't do it. 
No sin shall enter heaven. Right. Do you sin? Yes or no? We're made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes or no? Yes or no? I'm quoting the scripture. Yes or no? Listen to the word. Yes or no? See, here's what Wilkerson is getting at. He's saying, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Wilkerson's not saying he's perfect and he's never sinned before. That's not what he's saying. What he's, say what he's saying to them is, is that you're not changed. You're not new creatures. You're not different. Jesus said, go and sin no more. He did not say, go and sin some more. Teresa Cotter asked the question, Pastor Cooley, how did you get this YouTube video? I can't give you that information. It's secret. I actually typed it in and it just kind of... <laughs> Joe, I can't tell them where I got it from. But if you type it in, you'll find it. Look, he lays his hands on him in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> he just lays his hand on him. I know. Everybody says I mean. Everybody says I mean, just like they told David Wilkerson here when he's standing with these stoners that he's mean. They're tripping on acid. They're misrepresenting the Christ of the Bible. They're representing him to be somebody else, right? That's what they're doing. This guy's coming in and he's preaching Christ and him crucified that Jesus changes people and makes them new creatures. And they're getting mad. That's why they're putting their hands on him. They have to. They do it to us all the time when we're on the streets. There is no yes or no. We all sin Yes or no. All right, yes. What do you want? Good. But I don't smoke your pot. I don't take your I don't say nothing. Confess your sin. We all sin Yes or no? All right, yes. What do you want? I don't smoke your pot and I don't take your acid. That's what he told them. Flat out. Who's Mr. Guadalupe Melendez talking to? He says, you need to be reborn, man. Who's Mr. Guadalupe talking to? Wondering who he's talking to. If he's talking to me, I can tell him the day I got saved by the grace of God, when Jesus changed my heart and made me a new creature, when he brought me to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. And I can show you a 20-year track record of trying to follow the Lord every day of my life. Not perfect, but sure wanting to be and sure trying to be. So if you're talking about me, you can find my testimony. I'll give it to you. I know what Jesus did in me, and I know what he does daily in me. And how petty man. We got to wrap up. 
dan i understand that you approve of the work being done by reverend wilkerson and you also approve of the work being done here by ted and steve yes i do i believe that both groups you can't believe that both of these groups were right i do want i don't want to listen to what he's saying because it's just vain stupidity but i do want to fast forward to what wilkerson says watch this Reverend Wilkerson, you seem to be quite angry. I, I think so. I, I'm tired of these Bob Dylan preachers and Norm Mailer kind of ministers who go around the streets telling these kids that they can have all this in Jesus too. They can smoke pot, they can take LSD. And, and I have 23 cents for narcotic addicts and they call me, uh, they talk about love and they're ready to slap me in the face. And that's the trouble with Haight-Ashbury. We need more ministers down there preaching a, uh, that these kids can clean up. These kids, they aren't cleaning up anybody. I think sometimes they're indulging as much as anybody else. Your latest book is Why Our Children Go Wrong or Right. Well, why do they? Well, I think today we have parents that are afraid to spank their kids. I believe in woodshed therapy. We're turning our, our uh, woodsheds into garages. We don't have any mothers and dads have enough courage to stand up and say no. We've got a permissive attitude like we have from these ministers towards sin. Uh, we have chicken-hearted leadership today, and we have a church that is permissive. And uh, the church is no longer a haven of rest. They're not preaching the gospel. And I think I'm not indicting the whole church. And I believe in involvement, too, but not entanglement like we have today. Total, dis break, uh, total breakdown of discipline, respect for law and order. That's why you have this riot happening right now in San Francisco. We need somebody with enough courage to stand up and throw some of these kids out of the school and uh, take a stand of discipline. A voice of authority is needed, and we need it right now. Amen. I agree with what he said there. You see... Here he did, what he did was he preached the Bible to them. He did what every street preacher would do, would tell them. Every God-fearing man of God would tell them. And he didn't just do it from the four walls of his building. Just like I want to remind all of you by the grace of God, I don't just get behind this microphone or behind the mic at Old Paz Baptist Church and preach. I take my men and we go out into the streets and we preach the gospel head on and straight on. We engage the culture with the truth. That's important. That's important for you to remember because I, I don't just say it from behind a microphone. I go out and we preach it. And I'm not bragging. I'm telling you the truth. That's what we do. We go out in the highways and the byways. We go out in the roughest areas. We go out. We've been attacked by all of them and everything else. So there's a difference, friend. All right. Now we're going to talk a little bit about this history. Lonnie Frisbee. This is the total opposite of Wilkerson. If you watch this,
That's what was going on there. All running around, no shirts on, just baptizing each other out in the middle of nowhere. Right? Seed in his hand. God is blowing everybody's mind. <laughs> because he's saving, he's saving the, the hippies. And nobody thought a hippie could be saved. <laughs> God, if you're really real, reveal yourself to me. He just changed my life. I entered into something that the Bible calls the born-again experience. So he came to church that Sunday night. And the church was real small at that time. On Sunday evening, there might be 30 people, 40 people on a good night. And Lonnie made a hit. I mean, my parents begged him to come back. The blazing sun, the morning star, the spirit to lead the way. This woman uh, leads, she starts leading this man in and she said, we were over at Calvary Chapel and they told us to come over here that somebody would pray for my husband, he's blind. He looks at the guy and he goes, in the name of Jesus Christ, you can see. And the man got his sight back. Okay. Who believes the fake gay hippie dude, queer hippie dude, homo hippie dude was anointed by God to do this? Stripping on acid, anointed by God. And people get mad at me. What are you getting so... Why don't you just calm down and speak like a little chick? Why don't you just sit down and speak like a little... Like Lottie does. Why don't you... Well, and I said, oh, swell. Wow. Oh, Boy, he sure did. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't talk like that, do I? Yeah, that's a little more appealing, isn't it? Right. That's how. That's how. That's how they want you to talk, right? Why don't you do what other preachers do? Why don't you talk like other preachers? Why don't you do that? Well, there's a time for that, and I do, to be honest with you. There's a time when I'm privately counseling people. There's a time when there is a need to be calm. There's a time when there's a need to be that way. But you know what? These people and this whole movement is absolutely deceptive to the core. And what they're saying is, well, this this gay hippie dude tripping on acid and stuff, he healed him. Everywhere Lonnie would be, God was doing things. Lonnie was not wise enough to understand that people constantly wanted to use him for his anointing and throw him away as a human being. Lonnie and tears said, Daryl, nobody wants me in their church. He said, they like the goodies, Daryl. But they don't, but they hate me. You know, when people are willing to rip pages out of a history book? You know, I think that both my dad and and John were like father figures to him, but fathers who rejected him. It was a hard thing for me to understand. 
how he could party on Saturday night and preach on Sunday morning and the Spirit of God moved. I come on behalf of a king So what they're saying is, is that, yeah, I mean, he had gay orgies the night before. And then, I mean, on Sunday, he got up and preached and had the power of God. Really? What's the fruit of it? What's the, what's the fruit of it? By the way, when you love sin... This message is too harsh. All it is is straightforward. It's hating evil. So, what was the fruit of the descent? What was the fruit of, of Lonnie's work? The hippie movement. CCM, the deception, the deception of sin. That's what it is. It's the deception of sin. So, the music... That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to give a little bit of a history of the music here. We're going to go to David Cloud's book on Baptist Music Wars, and you can download that from wayoflife.org. But we're going to take some of the history. Some of it's going to be a little bit of review of Frisbee and and Chuck Smith and, and the movement there that took place. Okay. Let me see. There it is. There we go. So we're going to read a little bit from that. Then we're going to read a little bit from another book that David Cloud wrote that is called The False Christ and False Gods of CCM. And we're going to talk about both of those, those things and do a little bit of a reminder. Now, remember, if you followed along, the things of Lonnie, of Lonnie uh, Frisbee, we talked about the CIA connection to the Jesus People Movement. The Who supplied the acid? Well, we know the CIA did, and we know that Lonnie Frisbee and the eternal sons of something, I can't remember their names right offhand, uh, revolution or whatever, those those people were connected with that. Lonnie Frisbee's wife was selling acid, sheets of acid. The guy was an unrepentant sodomite. So this group called Maranatha Music was one of the first contemporary Christian music publishing companies. It was founded by Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California, to publish the music of the early Jesus hippies. 
Calvary Chapel played a major role in the birth of the Jesus People movement, mesmerized by a charismatic Jesus hippie named Lonnie Frisbee. Fact. Let me see. Let me see something here. There it goes. Give me a second, because I might have this ready. There it is. Let's see if mine is highlighted. Let's see. Hang on a second. There we go. Now let me... Doesn't want to let me do that, so this way. Give me a second this way. Here we go. This is what I'm looking for. It's kind of a review of what we talked about, but it's okay. I don't mind doing that because none of us have it memorized, and it's good to understand the the real history of this movement, right? So, here, here we go. There we go. All right, here we go. So now you can see it, and you can order this book free. It is it is actually provided free, and uh, all that good stuff. So we'll have it, and then we'll be able to you'll be able to download it anytime you want to. Founded in 1971, Maranatha Music was one of the first contemporary Christian music publishing companies. It was founded by Chuck Smith. Uh, in Costa Mesa, California, Calvary Chapel played a major role in the birth of the Jesus People movement, mesmerized by a charismatic Jesus hippie named Lonnie Frisbee. Chuck Smith baptized massive numbers of hippies who had professed Christ. Many of them led to the Lord, in quotes, by Frisbee. By accepting the young people pretty much as they were, even for Christian service, Long hair, immodest clothing, rock and roll, culturally liberal thinking. Calvary Chapel exploded in growth from one small church to a mega church and beyond. With his long brown hair, long scraggly beard, dusty clothing, scent of marijuana, and a glint of his 
Last LSD trip in his eyes, Frisbee showed up out of nowhere, literally on Chuck Smith's doorstep, said Matt Coker. Chuck Smith was a licensed minister in the Foursquare Pentecostal Church, the denomination founded by female Pentecostal preacher Amy Semple McPherson. Smith held to the heresy of gibberish tongue speaking. Frisbee was commissioned by Smith after his wife. Now, let me tell you something. You understand and you listen very closely to this. If you're given over to those signs and wonders, you'll let a little wizard like Lonnie Frisbee come in too. Because you're already seduced by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And you'll let a little wizard like Lonnie come in and he'll deceive you too. Because God will give you over to your own deception. And that's exactly what happened. The Spirit of God came through a prophecy with Kay Smith, he said, because of your praise and adoration before my throne tonight, I'm going to bless the whole coast of California. And when we started to receive the word as from God, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon us, and we began to weep, and the Lord began to give people visions of that prophecy. And then the Lord continued on to say that it was going to move across the United States. And then go to different parts of the world. What happened? Deception. Hey, by the way, do you know who's infusing most of the charismatic music today into independent fundamental Baptist churches? You know who's doing it? California IFB churches. Huh. I'll be honest with you. And this don't sit well with people. But I don't have very many IFB friends anyway. So let me say this to you. The IFB churches... I have never seen anything good, strong, and powerful come from California. I, they're all wishy-washy, West Coast Baptist Bible College, um, Paul Chapel. Um, Jeff Fugate. Golden State Baptist Bible College. Any of those California folks. I remember one time my sending church. They're the next generation of the Hiles camp. They're really the the um the Paul Chapel camp. Anyway, these California IFB preachers out there are some of the most weak need Baptists I have ever heard in my life. They got no grit. But they're very polished. 
Maranatha music was built upon the unscriptural foundation. In those days, at least, Calvary Chapel was quick to accept the flimsiest of professions and wasn't careful to try to ascertain whether the hippies were truly born again. They encouraged the newest babes in Christ, assuming they were even saved. Oh, hang on a second. What I just said. Hang on. Before Jack Scott went to prison. Whoops, that's the wrong video. That's a very dear friend of mine right Before there. Jack Scott went to prison. He admitted some things about what he was doing with the movement. He was going to change the King James Bible. He was going to do all those things. Just stand up a minute. Yeah. Hang on a second. There's a very dear friend of mine right there. Pastor G, just stand up a minute. Yeah. Geronimo Aguilar, pastors, the Richmond Outreach Center. My name is Geronimo Aguilar. I am the pastor of the Richmond Outreach Center in Richmond, Virginia. By the way, Phil Aguilar is his father. Set him free. Phil Aguilar definitely working with the with with, with, uh, with those agents of opposition. Definitely in trouble. Definitely trafficking. Women definitely were involved with that. Listen to what he says about Hiles and the other guys. Geronimo Aguilar, pastors, the Richmond Outreach Center. Always comes, even coming to pastor school. Ten years, I guess, now, for striking. His daddy used to come to pastor school here. And Brother Hiles, what was the term Brother Hiles always called your daddy? I call you Jesus, you call me baby. Said I call you Jesus, you call me baby. What was the term Brother Howells always called your daddy? The biker. The biker pastor. The biker Dropping that truth bomb on Leno. Wasn't expecting that, were you, Leno? Well, I've been around a long time, brother Leno. Been around a long time, seen a lot of things. This choir you're looking at here tonight are a bunch of people who have been redeemed by the blood of Lamb. The Lord Jesus Christ has set them free in the name of Jesus, and tonight they're going to sing to the glory of God. As you look at these faces, I want you to know they're people that have been on drugs, on alcohol. They're people that have been locked up, people from every different background. But Jesus set them free. Listen to them now. They praise the living God. Amen.
So Scop is teaching him how to run his church at this time, way back in the day, when this was building was made, or this, this video was made. Now, remember something. Hiles taught Phil Aguilar how to build a church. Phil Aguilar brought a gang of bikers with him, and they went up there, and Jack Hiles taught him. Now, this is an important thing to note. Jack Scop got caught crossing state lines with an underage girl. 
She was 17. But he got caught running. Geronimo Aguilar got caught doing the same thing. He's, he, he gave me my nice King James Bible here. And uh, you got to sign this thing. I got your name written on a little yellow slip of paper there. He gave me a nice Bible there. But he represents a lot of us that, that aren't you. And he doesn't make any bones about it. His background ain't nothing. Ain't nothing like what you came out of. You got to hear a story sometime. But here's a group of guys that are sitting here that know where to find how to build a church. Pretty much any, any way that you can reach out, well, that's what we're going to do. That know where to find how to build a church. That know where to find how to build a church. I can't believe this. I finally made it to heaven. It's been a dream of mine since I've been 11. Sang a hook with Cook. Oh, snap, that goes dark tomorrow. Understand that we are going like this. And the population is going like this. And what doesn't make sense to you? There you go. Okay. Now. So anyway. That helps you to understand what I'm saying about the compromise. The danger of compromise. Maranatha music was built upon this unscriptural foundation. So that touched the IFB too, that compromise. And it is over there in those California churches right now. They're slipping in CCM music over there. So anyway, David Cloud warned about that and warned about uh, uh, that all those songs are, are being played over there and all that music is being played over there and that's happening right now. Calvary Chapel was quick to accept the flimsiest of professions and wasn't careful to try to ascertain whether the hippies were truly born again. They encouraged the newest babes in Christ, assuming they were even saved to perform music. Take the members of Love Song, one of the first and most influential of Calvary Chapel Christian rock groups. Band member Chuck Gerard said this, it was early 1970 when three of my buddies and I walked into a church called Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa to play some songs for the pastor. At the suggestion of a young hippie preacher named Lonnie Frisbee, we were hippies who had turned our lives over to the Lord only days before, yet we had a few songs that we had written before we met the Lord that were about God and Jesus. The pastor thought the songs were of good, of God, were of God, invited us to play at the one of the weekly Bible studies, and we accepted the invitation. We were writing the same kind of songs we would write if we weren't Christians, but now we had Jesus to sing about. Note that the members of Love Songs started out by playing songs they had written before they were converted, when they were walking after the God of this world. When they started writing Christian songs, all they did was add Jesus to their old music. All they did, friend. All they did.
and they were encouraged to do so by the leadership of Calvary Chapel. Even the, Calvary Chapel built its ministry, and the Vineyard built their ministries, if you can call them that, on rock music. That's the rock they built it on. Not the Bible. It wasn't founded upon biblical principles. It was founded on rock music, hippie music, stoner music. And it appealed to the world. Though the love song hippies were the merest babes in Christ at best, that was unwise and unscriptural and was a sin both against the new professors and the church. Even a deacon is to be proven. Yes, the shepherding movement is connected to it. The hippies should have been discipled and biblically trained before they were allowed to minister to the churches through music. It should have been grounded in sound doctrine and taught Bible principles of Christian living, spiritual music, and separation from the world. David Cloud said he was thankful that someone showed him that when he was a hippie and got saved. Marcia Stevens, another one. The shallow nature of many of the Jesus people Conversions that form the foundation of Maranatha music and vineyard music is evident in the life of Marcia Stevens. She founded Children of the Day, the first group that was published by Maranatha. Her song, For Those Tears I Died, represents the mysticism that permeated the Jesus People movement. Her lyrics, you said you'd come and share all my sorrows. You said you'd be there for all my tomorrows. I came so close to sending you away, but just like you promised, you came there to stay. I just had to pray. Jesus, I give you my heart and my soul. I know that without God, I'd never be whole. Savior, you opened all the right doors, and I thank you and praise you from the earth's humblest shores. Take me, I'm yours. And Jesus said, come to the water, stand by my side. I know you are thirsty, you won't be denied. I felt every drop when in darkness you cried, and I strove to remind you that for those tears I died. Well, this is pure mysticism. It creates an emotional experience associated with a vague spirituality which is not solidly Bible-based. There's no clear gospel message. There's nothing about sin, the cross, or repentance, or biblical faith. Jesus didn't die for our tears. He died for our sins. What does 1 Corinthians 15 tell you? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. See, what they're offering you is something that is not definitive. You could be talking about your boyfriend, or you could be talking about the devil, or you could be talking about Mary.
There's no clear gospel message. There's nothing there. A Roman Catholic Mary venerator, a liberal Protestant who doesn't believe Jesus is God, a Muslim or a New Age goddess, like former Southern Baptist Sunday school teacher Sue Monk Kidd, could sing this song with passion. Stephen's testimony of salvation is that during a Bible study, she had a vision of herself walking with Jesus near a deep blue river. The vision changed her life. And soon thereafter, she composed, For Those Tears I Died. So during a Bible study, man, I had a vision, man. And when I had that vision, when I had that vision, that vision told them. That vision I saw, Jesus, man. By a blue river. See, see what I mean? That's not salvation. That's not eternal life. What is that? Lonnie Frisbee further illustrates, and we talked about this, but we're going to review it a little bit just to remind you. Lonnie Frisbee further illustrates the frightful, shallow nature of many of the Jesus people conversions that form the foundation of the, of the CCM movement. CCM was built upon acid trips, Rock and roll music and hippies that never repented. Frisbee turned to Jesus through LSD trips and began to receive prophecies while high on drugs. On his own authority, the teenage Frisbee baptized a group of drugged up hippies at Taquitz Falls after reading the Gospel of John to them and painting a picture of Jesus on the rocks. Later in the same place, while on an acid trip, he had a vision that that had called him to preach the gospel to multitudes. In a video documentary on Frisbee, David D. Sabatino observed that many of the Jesus people conversions involved drugs. One of the ironic twists of the 60s was that many openly stated that drugs, LSD in particular, played a large part of their experience in Christian salvation. Again, Sandy Heefner, for example, describes her salvation like this. I took my LSD, laid down on the floor a couple of hours. When I could get together to get up, I got up as a Christian. It's just that simple. That is not biblical salvation. There's no gospel, there's no repentance, there's no saving faith. It's a deluding spirit masquerading as Christian conversion. This is that charismatic counterfeit Christ. The music leads them, the drugs lead them to a counterfeit Christ. Not the one of the Bible.
Frisbee was not only using hallucinogenic drugs, but was still living a homosexual lifestyle, practicing hypnotism, and dabbling in various occultic and mystical practices. The Sun Worshippers video documentary edited by Bob Cording, in this condition, Frisbee joined the Jesus People Commune in 1967. He never had a clear new birth conversion that involved a definite understanding of the gospel and a clear repentance and faith. He never gave up homosexuality and partying. Even after he joined Calvary Chapel, he would party on Saturday night and preach on Sunday. He would go out and boogie down. It was alleged that Frisbee's ministry was accompanied by signs and wonders. But the devil can do those miracles. And when measured by the standard of scripture, Frisbee's ministry was dangerously heretical. Even so, Chuck Smith put Frisbee in charge of a Wednesday night Bible study, which soon attracted thousands. Well, sure, they're running drugs. That Frisbee had no spiritual discernment is evident in that he appeared with the false prophetess, Catherine Kuhlman. I showed you that video last broadcast on her I Believe in Miracles show. Further, he lied on that program by claiming that his sin had been totally washed from his heart by the baptism of the Holy Spirit when he knew full well that he was still sinning secretly in the most outrageous manner. He was still living in open homosexuality. By 1971, Chuck Smith got what he wanted out of out of him, out of Frisbee, and he parted company with Frisbee because of their different perspectives on Pentecostal signs and Smith's desire to focus more on the teaching of Scripture. Smith was right to reject such things as spirit slaying, but the wild spirit represented by Frisbee and his charismatic mysticism had already had a massive influence in the Jesus music, including Calvary Chapel's Maranatha music, and that influence has continued to this day. What Smith failed to renounce was Christian rock itself with its sensual mysticism and its illegitimate merging of the unholy rock of the world with the holy rock, Christ Jesus. At the end of his marriage, he told me that his wife said that he had been staying late in some gay bars. Yep. Lonnie Frisbee's wife admitted that they dealt more acid than anybody. I believe it was his wife. John Wimber. He's part of the history of contemporary Christian music. He became associated with John Wimber, who was seeking to establish a sign and wonders ministry at the Yorba Linda branch. We talked about that. After Frisbee asked all the young people under 25 to come forward and invited the Holy Spirit to manifest his power. Let me see if I have that. I actually had that video somewhere. Let's see if it's this one. This is one of those South African ones. A 
first met Lonnie in 1978. I think it was his first trip. I'll give you the context, um, as everyone. And we had a very similar uh, movement. And I spoke in a church that I was a church. And then he prayed for the Holy Spirit to come. Well, the power of God fell on those kids. And uh, they started, you know, falling down, weeping, um, trembling. And then, of course, all the mothers started crying because they saw that God was on their children. And probably an, an hour or so later, we had to carry some of the kids into the motor cars because they were so laid out, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't walk. Um, and that was the first time I saw Lonnie ministering. And really, I guess, the first time I saw power phenomena of that level. Look at me. I was by this stage a, a Pentecostal pastor. I'd seen people speaking in tongues. Okay, so there you go. Those people were rolling around on the floor. Those kids were. They were going into convulsions, basically. They were, they were doing all of those things. That's what was going on with them at the time. So, um, John Wimber is the head of the Vineyard Movement, and uh, he takes over where where Chuck Smith, he wanted the mojo, and he got it. After Frisbee asked all the young people under 25 to come forward, invited the Holy Spirit to manifest his power, and roughly 300 people fell on the floor as if on the battlefield and shook and spoke in unintelligible gibberish. Wimber asked God if this was of him, and that night a Calvary Chapel preacher named Tommy Stipe called him on the phone and said, I have a word for you. The Lord says this is of me. Wimber didn't test the spirits. He didn't try the spirits whether they're of God, did he? No, he just went ahead and and went with it. Some of the elders of Wimber's church called for a meeting to discuss the Frisbee phenomena, but the same confusion broke out to silence the protesters. All of a sudden, I'm seeing this guy next to me, this PhD in microbiology, began to shake, and he began to shake under the presence of God, the presence of God's coming. So I began to stand up. The power of God knocks this guy down, and he began to roll under my feet on the ground, screaming hysterically. The power of God came down on everybody in the room. And it was just absolutely mind-boggling. Sounds demonic. Right? All it sounds like to me is demonic. Sounds like a bunch of demonic hype to me. But they call it the power of God. 
So we talked about Frisbee's leather jacket last time. Had the leather jacket with the picture of Jesus on it. He did the whole Benny Hinn uh, and smacked him. I'll show you what that is. You may not understand this. I don't either. I don't either. But when the Lord talks to me, I obey Him. It's just that simple. There's nothing more to it. Take the fresh breath of the Spirit. to hit people i wish carl was here i'd hit him right now i wish aaron was here i'd push him right in the street man lupus all the pain is gone some crazy stuff right there and he's telling him about these these encounters with bigfoot that he's having the nephilim 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 and, and i lifted up my sword crazy. and i was like and he was like and i was like i'm getting my shotgun i'm getting my 45 10 spiritual warfare give me my gun give me my 50 cal give me my my uzi whatever i got just give me something and i'm blowing these things away the okay brain. so you aimed your prayer what are you like a prayer you got a prayer bazooka you got a prayer <laughs> missile i aimed in strong spiritual warfare i aimed my prayers at that side 
Boom, and I fired. This sounds like intense spiritual warfare. He did spiritual warfare. Prayer and, 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 and strong spiritual warfare, I guess. Whatever that is. Those are the key words. Strong spiritual warfare. I'm going to take my guns, and I'm going to get my car, and I'm going to go home. I'm going home. I'm not sitting in the woods with a bunch of whatever they are. And we did strong spiritual warfare. Strong spiritual warfare. Yeah, and yeah. I did strong warfare. Because we're in strong spiritual warfare. Go <laughs> home. If there was some Bigfoot crazy psychotic devilish creature out there that was growling and grunting and backmasking Led Zeppelin songs to me all night, I- I'm not going to sleep, bro. No way, I- dude. I'm-, I'm leaving. I'm not sleeping with that thing there. We both did intense spiritual warfare. And I saw golden roosters. When Bigfoot didn't touch me and left me alone, I did strong spiritual warfare. Bigfoot ran. It, the struggle is real. That's the truth, man. They won't be hairy. They won't stink. Intense spiritual, spiritual warfare. warfare. Glory in the upper bowl. And he shoots the glory at him. And glory in the lower bowl. And he... What? can. <laughs> This Bigfoot was talking to my mind telepathically. Okay, then it was in a biological container. What are hoops? Like, whoop, whoop. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that is strong spiritual warfare! Okay, all right. That's what those guys are doing right there. So Wimber interpreted the phenomena as the power of the Holy Spirit, but it was a deceiving spirit. The apostles and early church leaders didn't fall down and shake and speak in meaningless gibberish. But the practitioners of pagan religions do those very things under the power of the devil. And Wimber's church experienced massive growth, and young people started baptizing friends in hot tubs and swimming pools around town. It was at this point that John Wimber left the Calvary chapels and joined Ken Guliskin and the Vineyard Christian Fellowship. Wimber soon became the leader of the fellowship. Wimber had accepted the latter rain end time miracle revival heresy and the new prophecy movement, and he and Frisbee traveled together to spread their signs and wonders, power evangelism to South Africa and Europe, which is the video you just saw. John would speak and Lonnie would minister. They were the dynamic duo. Lonnie got up there and he'd wave his leather coat and the power of God would come and people would be falling all over those people's pews in these Baptist churches. I'd like to see that. And Lonnie would start climbing over the pews and start laying hands on people saying, speak at dogs, speak at dogs. And he'd hit them in the forehead. And they'd instantly begin to speak in tongues. So I was blown away by that. I was absolutely blown away by that. In one service in Africa, Frisbee asked the children from 10, 12 years old and under to come forward. They all fell down slain. Wimber played a huge role in the spread of charismatic heresy throughout evangelicalism. He yoked up with C. Peter Wagner at Fuller Theological Seminary, taught on a course, which there's an interesting CIA op connection between Fuller Seminary and um, 
between Fuller Seminary and the CIA. It's just interesting. And then these guys are all connected to it, which is definitely interesting to say the least. Okay. But uh, anyway, it is what it is, right? So, anyway. How long is that? Oh, that's perfect. Thank you, Brother Carl. I appreciate that. Carl, live! Right here's got something for us oh, here. In fact. Here we go. Now, this is the guy that played Lonnie Frisbee. Okay? Check this out. I sat down and I prayed with him. Uh, in fact, I sat down and I prayed with him. Um, the, the, the space just to his right is empty. So I got to sit down or lie. At one point, I even lied down because I just thought it would be kind of interesting to try to connect in some way. That's probably more information than you need or may even want to publish. But that said, uh, I, you know, I, it's, it's the truth. And so I finished praying with him. And I said, Lonnie, I want to honor you with this film. And I really want to, um, to, to, to bring justice and, and, you know, the testament to the gifts of God's grace and, and powers that you, you know, displayed while you were on this earth. And so if this is a good idea that I do this film, have somebody give me a sign. Give me a sign. Have God give me a sign. Mm -hmm. And the minute the words left my mouth, behind me, there was a door open to the cathedral. And this giant chord rang out for about five seconds. And then from the organ. From the organ. Wow. Oh, I heard that and I was like, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. Ah! Uh, ah! Uh, ah! Uh, what? Oh, boy! Oh, boy! Yeah! No surprise that the Catholic mystic dude that plays Jesus in The Chosen is promoting the false Jesus of the CCM mystical charismatic Catholic movement. Correctamundo. There you go. He's playing Lonnie. Got the same devils. He must be a sod too. Wait for that to come out. This guy's bisexual or sodomite. Hang on. Stay tuned. It's coming. Stay tuned. You heard it first here. Stay tuned. Under Wimber's direction, the Vineyard Churches took contemporary praise music to an edgier and more sensual, intense level. Lusting for signs and wonders in a tangible worship experience, they used powerful rock and roll music to feed that lust. Eventually, Wimber parted ways with Frisbee over his homosexuality after learning that he had a six-month affair with a young man in his church. Frisbee then dies of AIDS. They bury him in the Crystal Cathedral. It was not until Calvary's Chapel, Jesus' people that were built upon a flimsy spiritual foundation. The field of Christian rock in general has been rife since the inception of its spiritual shipwreck. If the root is bad, what have I always taught you? If the root is bad, the fruit is bad. Because I've taught you that because it's Bible. Right? 
What does it bring forth? An evil tree bringeth forth what? Evil fruit. A good tree brings forth good fruit. I've taught you that about everything. If the root is bad, the fruit is bad. There you go. Larry Norman was called the father of Christian rock. Both of his marriages ended in divorce. Norman had an improper relationship with Randy Stonehill's first wife, Sarah. He fathered a child out of wedlock with one of his backup singers, Jennifer Wallace. Okay. Uh, We got Kirk Franklin. We're going to talk about Kirk Franklin. They are transformation agents. I'm not going to really go into a lot of what this guy did, but um, I'm going to run out of time is what's going to happen. Maybe I'll have to change this to the, because I'm not going to get to the counterfeit Christ of the charismatic movement. Of the, of, I'm not going to get to that. Well, I guess I could just keep it the same and say the counterfeit Christ of the charismatic movement in the next broadcast, because this is the gateway drug. So let's go with that. We'll do that. That's fine. I always run out of time, it seems like. Okay, so let's let's talk about him, because he's an important part of history. Okay? Consider Larry Norman, who's been called the father of Christian rock. Two other magi- magicians. They are magicians and musicians, aren't they? In Norman's solid rock records, Bold had divorces as well. Now, these are as Christians save people that should know, you know, Listen, I don't fault people who got divorced, you know, and they're, they, they live for God and they raise their families right. They get married. They do right. What I do fault are those that are saved people that tell me they can't make it work. Well, one of you ain't saved then. Which one is it? Is it both of you? Are you not saved people? Right? Which one is it? Right? Two other musicians, right? Just a few of the other divorced and adulterous CCM musicians are Steve Archer, Steve Camp, Bob Carlisle, Ralph Carmichael, G- Ja Mark Davis of Rays, Eddie Dagamero. They, they all have really bad Ray Bolts. Gay Bolts, Ray Gay Bolts. Um, who admitted to committing adultery with at least two men who left her husband for one of her backup singers. Sandy Patty. She admitted to committing adultery with at least two men and who left her husband for one of her backup singers. Kevin Prosh, John Michael Talbot, Randy Thomas, Greg Volts of Petra, Sheila Walsh. Jackie Valasquez, Wayne Watson, Denise Mil- Williams, Derek Webb, and Sandra McCracken. And members of the now disbanded Barnabas. Melody Green, the widow of Keith Green, divorced her second husband, Andrew Se- Severett. Homosexuality, which we're going to talk about. This is going to be a small portion of that, but we're going to actually have a section on homosexuality, CCM, and the charismatic movement going to talk about those things okay but not in this one so somehow the lord brought me on this topic of ccm the charismatic movement and all this so we're just going to go with it friend i'm just going to keep teaching on it 
Homosexuality has also played a significant role in the CCM movement. We're going to really double down on that in one broadcast. In the Gospel Sound, which first appeared in 1971, Anthony Helbeet said, Heilbutt, said the gospel church has long been a refuge for gays and lesbians, some of whom grew up to be amongst the greatest singers and musicians. I don't know what gospel church you're talking about, Fruit Booty, but it ain't mine. And it ain't the churches that I've been members of. Gospel churches are to cast out the sinners and the fornicators. Gospel churches are not to accept fornicators of any type. Whether it's rabid uh, pornographers that won't repent of their pornography, whether it's child molesters, whether it's whether it's um, homosexuals or sodomites or any of those groups or LGBTQ. Or serial adulterers. If they don't repent, they're out. 1 Corinthians 5 makes that very clear. Doug, Doug Harrison, a homosexual grew up in Southern Baptist, said, you can't swing a Dove Award without hitting upon evidence of the long-standing, deep-set presence of queer experience in and its influence on Christian music culture at all levels. Come out from among them, religion dispatches. Southern gospel's rife with sodomites. We'll get to that, though. Don't worry, we'll get to it. In 1998, CCM star Kirk Franklin, oh, that is one fruity dude, uh, said that homosexuality is a problem today in gospel music, a major concern, and everybody knows it. Homosexual CCM artists include James Cleveland, Ray Bolts, Gay Bolts, Anthony Williams, Marcia Stevens, Kirk Talley, Clay Aiken, Jennifer Knapp, Doug Pinnock of King's 10th, Vicki Beeching, Trey Pearson of Every Sunday, plus Amy Ray and Emily Sailors of Indigo Girls. The reason for all this is not difficult to discern. Typically, CCM musicians have been accepted as saved upon the flimsiest testimonies of faith and have not been properly taught and discipled. They have fed their spiritual lives with a constant diet of sensual music and have sought after emotional highs and signs and wonders. Instead of walking by faith, they have played with the world, which is more dangerous than any poisonous snake, instead of walking with Christ in separated lives. Larry Norman, the father of Christian rock, was not discipled properly and, in fact, cares little to nothing about church. When asked by Buzz Magazine what church he attended, he refused to answer except to say, I think it's unimportant. And I don't like the question, he said, that he believes it's an obsessive compulsion to meet at regular times for church service, which flies in the face of Hebrews 10.25. Look what Acts 2.42 and Hebrews 10.25 says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Acts 2.42. You got problems if you don't want to be around God's people. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Hey, how about that, friend? What's number one? You better be continuing in the apostles' doctrine. That's number one. It ain't your fellowship. It ain't your wovey dovey wovey wovey dovey wovey wove. It's the apostles' doctrine. Yes, that makes me love my brethren. Yes, that makes me love the people of God. That makes me love my brothers and sisters in Christ at Old Paths Baptist Church. Makes me love them. It's that doctrine, friend. And then it's fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. That love is what makes you travel all the way over to Europe to see brothers and sisters in Christ. Consider the All Saved Freak Band, one of the earliest Christian rock groups, which was influential then and continues to exist today in a reincarnated edition. Joe Marco, a co-founder, had been a professor of Christ out of the drug culture for three months when he formed the band in 1968. His mentor and fellow band member, Larry Hill, was an Assemblies of God pastor who left the denomination to start a work among hippies on the authority of some visions. Hill's ministry fell apart when he fled Ohio to avoid prosecution for sexual abuse. Now, any man can fall into sin. I'm not saying that. A saved man can. But you ought not set out for ministry upon an acid trip somewhere. You're going to get in trouble. We could multiply these examples almost endlessly. The spiritual foundation of CCM is frightfully unscriptural. With few exceptions, it wasn't created by mature spiritual people with a solid testimony of salvation who were grounded in Scripture and committed to sound doctrine. Transformation agents. Maranatha Music acted as a change agent to broaden support for Christian rock in that the early praise music was softer rock and roll 
It was folk rock and rock ballads. Further, Calvary Chapel held to a more conservative theology, avoiding the extreme elements of Pentecostalism, which were still unacceptable to most churches at the time. In spite of Maranatha's more conservative image, Christian rock was riding a wild and untamable spirit. Its radicalness is seen in the association with the Roman Catholic Church, which we're going to get to, by the way, not in this broadcast. And the fact that it became permeated with dark heresies and the most outlandish charismatic nonsense. We'll see that when we talk about false Christs and false gods. In the chapter, Why Are We Opposed to Contemporary Christian Music? We'll, We'll cover that. In order to gain a broader following, early contemporary Christian music needed the more conservative image that Calvary Chapel and Maranatha Music provided. Wait, preacher. Are you saying that Satan used a straight-laced-looking guy like Chuck Smith to poison people with Lonnie Frisbee's LSD acid-tripping homo spirit music? Yep, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Just like he's using Paul Chapel and Jack Treber and all those California IFB churches out there. To have suits and ties on and play contemporary Christian music and try to adapt it. The cutting-edge, hard Christian rockers of the 60s and 70s, such as Larry Norman, Petra, and Resurrection Band, were too radical for most churches at the time. Norman's debut album, Upon This Rock, was banned by Christian bookstores. Barriers had to be broke down. It's important to understand that Calvary Chapel, Jesus Hippies, loved every sort of Christian rock, even from the earliest days. Chuck Girard of Love Song says, We were amazed to see and hear the album Upon This Rock by Larry Norman. They loved any type of Christian rock, but Maranatha published the softer stuff and thereby increased the the CCM's popularity and broke down the barrier that existed widely in those days against using rock in Christian music. Even the softer rock was commonly rejected by churches in the 70s, but the resistance was gradually broke down through the process of incrementalism. Through the influence of the softer rock CCM, the leaven of contemporary Christian music spread, and the vast majority of churches are now addicted to rock of all types. They have bought into the shallow arguments that are used to justify the merger of the holy rock, Jesus Christ, and the unholy rock in this world. The leaven did its job. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. The CCM songs published by Maranatha in the 1970s, which were considered edgy at the time, are the old conservative hymns of the contemporary praise movement today. That's how the devil works. He uses the tools of confrontation, compromise, and incrementalism. He was the inventor of the Hegelian dialectic, which has been employed to great effects by communists, humanists, liberal educators, theological modernists, and Christian rockers and others to tear down the old and replace it with the new. 
This is done by bringing in incremental change through a process of confronting the existing paradigm, be it philosophy, doctrine, culture, or position, with an alternative. At first, the alternative seems shocking and wrong, but with the persistence on the part of the change agents, over time, the new alternative is synchronized with the old paradigm to produce a compromise. This becomes the new accepted paradigm of the new baseline for another round of change. In this way, the targeted group, the classroom, the church, the political party, the nation is carried along slowly but surely toward the objective. The role played by Calvary Chapel or Maranatha Music in the 1970s, whether by design or not, was similar to that of Dick Clark's American Bandstand. They did in the 1950s in broadening the popularity of rock and roll by cleaning up its bad boy rebel stigma in the minds of parents. Clark required the teenage rockers to dress conservatively in skirts and dresses, suits and ties, and tone down the dance moves. Clark didn't change the licentious rebel character of rock. He merely cleaned up its image so it could leaven every sphere of society. Dick Clark was simply having a good time and making money, but the god of this world was pulling the strings. Through the decades, Maranatha music has itself become ever more radical in its use of rock and roll, over more char- ever more charismatic, ever more ecumenical. Today, its workshops have a large influence in a cross-denominational education. Church leaders from all the denominations are welcome. Maranathamusic.com. By 2008, 120,000 church gatekeepers who attended workshops looked at Maranatha music as the leading source of worship products. And services. Maranatha not only spreads contemporary music, it also spreads the CCM heresies of non judgmentalism, ecumenicalism, and cultural liberalism. All right, we're going to stop there, kids, and we'll pick up about the God of CCM. I talked about that many years ago. The God of CCM is Antichrist, but the charismatic counterfeit Christ. We will pick that up next week, or next week, I mean, Friday. Friday at 2 p.m. Central, okay? That's what we'll do. Let's play a song here, some good Christian music, amen? Let's do that. And I get weird emails. All right, anyway, I have no idea what that is. Okay. Well, good. We had a good crowd there. Let's see. I'll get to some music here. I'm just looking at who we had on here today. Only six on there, but 20 on Rumble. And, uh, you know, 50 on... YouTube, which we normally have live, is about 50. All right, let's get to some music here. I'm going to go to Alan Ives. Let's play some.